0: Have you ever walked into a room and immediately felt out of place? Well, it's time that you know you are not the problem, and there is a solution. Welcome to Room for Everybody, the podcast that celebrates diversity, promotes inclusive interior design strategies, and challenges the norms. I'm your host, Elizabeth Beiler. Join us as we dive deep into the intersection of identity and design, listen to people's stories, and explore the beauty of our unique bodies. It's time to redesign our built environment in a way that shows we truly love and accept ourselves. Get ready to step into a world where everybody is celebrated because here, there's room for everybody. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Room for Everybody. I'm Elizabeth Byler and really excited for this conversation that we're gonna have today. So I'll pass it over to our guest. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience and share some of the identities that you hold?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Janique Cheeseman One of my big identities is that I'm Trinidadian. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. That's a big identity that I hold. I'm very proud of my heritage. I'm also a Black woman. So those are two Afro-Trinidadian, you know, and I'm also queer, I, I'm I would say bisexual, I suppose is probably or pan even, although I've never dated a non-binary person, but I I would so pansexual, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I guess the last identity that is something that definitely kind of colors how I look at the world is I am an engineer. I did that's what I studied in school. so I feel like that does give me kind of a, a, a more unique perspective on how I look at things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing all that. And how do you think those identities shape the way that you move through the world and interact with the environment?
1: So I think definitely being on, well, two things. Like I said, I am from Trinidad and the public transit back home is fairly limited to, you know, like taxis or the bus. And now I live in New York. So I guess another identity would be <laughs> New Yorker, not native, but, you know, transplants. And the difference in the two is so drastic, right? I have such an appreciation for kind of the big city transit, which is still, you know, even within the US, um, New York City versus other cities is, is like two different things in terms of transit, right? It's so well connected in New York, which mm-hmm. I love. It's very walkable, which is something that has become really important to me as I've lived here for, you know, almost a decade. And it's interesting because it wasn't necessarily something that, like, mattered to me as much growing up. But now that I've experienced it, it's really hard to get me out of New York, even though sometimes I'm like, I would like to, like, live somewhere else. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But then I got to get a car. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. So I think my... I think there's definitely like a sort of disconnect between my Trinidadian identity and how I grew up and sort of this newer, like New Yorker identity, because now I'm really like, in terms of how I'm moving through the world and the environment, like that, the built environment being walkable and sort of transit is, it has become really important to me. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say as an engineer as well, now I go to other cities and As an engineer, I get a little bit judgmental. (laughs) You know, I I was recently in Houston and my girlfriend lives there. So we were trying to have like a nice night out where we we go to dinner and then we maybe go to a gay bar. And we picked an area that, you know, is supposed to be fairly walkable. And it was like we were able to walk from the, the dinner spot to the bar. But even just how I was walking on the sidewalks and, you know, it's clearly not as well maintained as it should be. It's difficult. Like if you were using like a wheelchair or something, it would be really difficult. You might have to like go out onto the street. So things like that. And, and I'm not saying that every pavement in New York is perfect. Like I'm sure there are areas that it's not, but I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. So as an engineer, I noticed things like that. I noticed like I notice when uh, it's like so many highways and that's how you get from one place to the next, like that's the only way. And I do also notice like the use of green space outdoors and the use of, and also just like third places, which I think, unfortunately, it feels as though the third places are kind of becoming a thing of the past Mm -hmm. or there are just less of them, you know, where you don't have to spend money to like be there. You just can hang out, and there's community. And I think, again, in New York, I'm able to experience that a lot more. I just stumble upon street fairs in the summer. It's the best. I've never been to a street fair. I think one time I've been to a street fair, and I like planned to be there. Right. All the other times, I was just walking around mine my own business, doing whatever I had to do. And there it was. And then there's all these people, and yeah, there are stalls set up for people to like buy things. But you could literally just browse. All the cra- handcrafted jewelry, the the food, you could smell, smell the food as you're walking by, like kind of do the classic window shopping thing. And you, you don't have to spend any money. There's usually at some point like areas with chairs, you could just sit down and like relax your feet or whatever. So I feel like this is super long winded, but I think as an engineer, notice things like lack of third spaces, green spaces, walkability. And, and I think it's both kind of being a New Yorker and being an engineer that I kind of evaluate those things.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think those are all really great observations and do have a big impact on our ability to navigate the world and then engage in different ways. I'm especially interested in what you're saying about third spaces. Did you feel like there were more of those in Trinidad?
1: There's definitely places like the mall. There's still like a lot of people still go to the mall. Like I know people are saying in America, malls are dead. It is, malls are not dead in Trinidad Mm -hmm. and Tobago. Like that is still very much a place people just go to hang out. Obviously, yeah, a lot of people are spending money. You know, when I was a teenager, like we didn't have that much money, right? We were just, me and my friends would just go. Maybe we get an ice cream, maybe, or we just walk around and like talk. So that's definitely something that's still there. There are like parks, which I always love a good park. And obviously there are parks in the US. That's definitely one of these spaces that like still exist. Libraries are another one, which of course there are libraries in the US as well, but I do feel like they're a bit under attack in certain spaces. So I don't know if there's necessarily more. I feel like there's a good amount for the like population and like what like the, the density I guess of people there you know they're and their beaches you know like they're t- so like that's the, a good one right like which is why it's it, I think there may maybe there are more for like in terms of per capita or like the, the population density it's not something I've really thought about but yeah it's a good question
0: interesting I loved visiting Trinidad yeah it
1: was amazing I mean, This is a cool place <laughs> it in is many ways
0: very yeah. much so. Also, is interested. I took a trip to the Bay Area last year and really was enjoying their public transportation and just the ease of it. I do own a car and drive around in Baltimore often. I don't know if I would if the public transportation was that smooth. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a completely different experience and has so many environmental benefits if we're using more public transportation. I'm curious if you're willing to share, is your lack of a car environmental? Is it just you don't want to drive?
1: It is environmental. I said I'm an engineer. I'm an environmental engineer and my master's is in sustainable engineering. So that's a big part of my identity as well. Like I actually really care about environmental issues Currently looking to find work to get back into that space because that's not the work I currently do. So it's still very important to me, and I rack up a lot more emissions on air travel, and I'm really conscious of it too. Like I feel, I. But you know, it's just one of those things where I have to go back to Trinidad. I I'm visiting my girlfriend in Houston, so like based on what I'm doing, where where my life is now, I cannot avoid the air emissions as much, but at least I could avoid the car emissions. Mm-hmm. and take public transit which is obviously you know definitely a better carbon footprint so that is something that matters to me I also like you know I have a license I can drive when I'm in Trinidad I drive but it's nice to not have to <laughs> you know it's really nice to not have to it's if I want to get out to the city I have the option of renting a car and like going somewhere or you know if it's like there is an Amtrak or something or some other sort of bus that I could take, I would take that option first. But I do have the ability to drive. It's not like that I I hate it or anything, but I definitely really like the ease of transit, being able to like sit on the train, read a book, listen to a pod. I mean, you can listen to a podcast when you're driving too, but read a book, write things you can do while driving or shouldn't, like texting <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. There are a lot of distracted drivers on the road, unfortunately. And maybe it would be better if we were just on public transit and could do those things without posing a danger to everyone around
1: us. Sure. I mean, I'm glad Audible is a thing so that people could read <laughs> while driving. They just listen to it. I've never gotten into audiobooks, though, so which is weird because I like podcasts. But I think I like podcasts because it's like usually a convert. I like conversational podcasts where they're like more than one person. I've never gotten into like one person talking at me. So I think it's the same thing with the audiobook.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. I feel yeah. a similar way about audiobooks. There's just something that I haven't been able to click with in the same way as reading the book. Yeah. Feels a lot better to me. Interesting. I also want to go back to what you were talking about with walkability and kind of what the factors you see from your engineering perspective. Like, let's envision the most walkable city ever. What do they need to do to make that happen?
1: Well, one of the things I learned in my sustainability program is, you know, it's kind of like build it on, they would come. One of the things that makes a city really walkable is feeling safe walking, right? So like if there's, for example, nobody really wants to walk on a highway. Why? Because the cars are speeding. Well, not speeding, but they're fast, right? The speed limit is a lot higher. They're Mm -hmm. whizzing by you. And there's not much of a barrier between you and the streets. You know, there are no trees kind of between you and the cars passing. There are no parked cars, even parked cars as a barrier between the sidewalk and the street is like a form of safety and security for people who walk by, right? So that, those are things that make it walkable. Obviously the sidewalk length, I think there, or there at least should be, sort of laws around like how wide they need to be for people who need to use wheelchairs and stuff like that. So most of the time, I would hope that those are being followed, but that would be something, right? And Mm-hmm. obviously that that's like from a U.S perspective there should be laws I believe there are that might not happen everywhere in terms of the the sort of width of the sidewalk so that people have enough space if they are like using a wheelchair or something like that and for sort of two-way traffic kind of thing yeah those are kind of the big ones I would say like kind of just having that barrier the speed limit being like you know not insane for people to feel like you just have like really fast cars coming at them the width of the sidewalk things like that would that those are the things I kind of notice
0: and also some plan for fixing the sidewalk
1: right (laughs) fixing these sidewalks maintenance really important right because you could build it and it's nice and it gets used for years and then it deteriorates and then you just leave it so yeah definitely important as well
0: absolutely I think I noticed that here in Baltimore um, even on my street it's a very it's a one-way street pretty narrow and so the sidewalks are already very small mm-hmm. and then they added city trash cans outside on the sidewalk which hinders the sidewalk space even more and so it is an accessibility issue at this point like they're just it's not wide enough yeah for people to use the sidewalk I'm often just walking on the street. And if a car comes by, like jump onto the little bit of sidewalk and then back into the street.
1: Yeah. Nobody wants to walk in that. (laughs) Like, you know, it's because obviously one of the main things we're doing as humans is trying to protect ourselves from harm. So yeah, of course it's not going to be as well utilized if those are the conditions. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned safety because I don't think I would have thought about it
0: in that way. And also thinking about how well lit some streets are again, maintenance. For yeah. If you're walking at night, like there's definitely different routes that I take depending on the day and how well lit it is.
1: Um, yep. Absolutely. I always tell people, cause people often ask, oh do you, you know, you've been living in New York. It's safe. Like it feels safe, but I don't know people. And, and obviously there's like a little bit of propaganda about like cities and safety the only time I've ever really felt unsafe in New York is when I, it was like the middle of winter and I was about to play uh, soccer at a middle school or something. Somewhere down like in Manhattan, like it was pretty south in Manhattan and towards the east. I don't know the area, honestly. I can't remember the name. It was a little bit of ways from the, the, the subway. So maybe like it was a 15 to 20 minute walk and I thought, oh, no worries. One of the other great things about walking is that it's good exercise, right? So another reason I love walkable cities. And so because it was winter, it got to be, you know, dark early. It was probably not even like 5.30 when I went down there, but it was still already pitch black. And it was not very well lit. It's like the only area I've been in that wasn't well lit. And I remember walking through by myself. There were also not that many people, which is kind of weird and not this usual for New York. Like, there's just not a lot of people in that area. So I remember thinking, man, this is so sketchy. Like, I don't know if I want to continue to play football over here, you know, soccer over here. So there right. you go. It's, the lights is a good call. The other thing that makes our city walkable is one of the reasons you're walking is kind of to get to things. Mixed-use development is great, right? Like, you have shops and you know, maybe a movie theater that's walk to, you're able to walk to or your grocery stores in New York. We have our little corner shops and bodegas, you know, with the patented like bodega cat that has <laughs> to come with the bodega for some reason. But you know, and you you're able to just get to things. <laughs> like if you need, if you have a headache, oh, I don't have any Advil, I could just go out five minute walk, get to the the nearest pharmacy and boom or even if you don't have a pharmacy around usually the corner shops have stuff like that so you know mm-hmm. it's right there so they're just they they're also tech points of interest in the the walkable area like their shops there there's the pharmacy there's your corner store there's your deli mm-hmm. that type of stuff that also makes a, a city walkable because like if there's nothing there then why would you even be walking there
0: absolutely yes it is interesting that you're talking about New York is a walkable city because I feel like my experience is there's so many cars still
1: and like traffic is so bad. Yeah. And it's funny, but think about how many people are there. Right. So
0: that's true.
1: Yeah. So yes, there are still a ton of cars and still people own cars, but you don't have to, that's the thing. You have the choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that choice is important. And even when I'm walking, in new york it also it feels like a free for all like you really <laughs> have to know where you're going and be confident in moving in that direction because <laughs> if Conference you stop is everything it's like, gonna get run over by somebody else
1: yeah we do have a reputation for that too I, you know, we got places to be
0: <laughs> you do you clearly do very important people <laughs> i support that Great. Is there anything
1: else that you would like to add about sustainable engineering? I don't think so. Just that we should all try to do our part, I guess, as best we can. You know, it's tough sometimes. Like, even earlier, I was talking about, like, I want to visit my family and my girlfriend. So, air, you know, air emissions, I already know it's, they're up there for me. But, you know, hopefully, and I like to travel too, just like for Pleasure. So I try to offset that with other things, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I try to approach it. So I don't know, we just should try to think about our environment and how we could uh, make even just a small difference. I suppose that's all I'll see.
0: Absolutely. I
1: like that approach,
0: like being aware and doing what you can.
1: Yeah. And put some pressure on corporations. Cause they're, yes. I mean, as much as my air emissions, like it's like a drop in the bucket, you know? So right. <laughs> But I try not to use that as like scapegoating myself, you know, like I try to do my part, but also we got to put pressure on the people who are making the biggest impact <laughs> for the companies.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and for being here and for your insights. I really
1: appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was nice to talk to you.
0: Dear listener, thank you for joining me on today's episode. This podcast is produced by Eden Environments, an inclusive and sustainable interior design firm. Our human-centric design strategy creates spaces that are fat and neurodivergent friendly, trauma-informed, and sustainable. If that sounds like what you need, contact me through Eden's website to get started. For the latest updates, sign up for emails and follow along on your favorite social media platform. And until we meet again, I wish you gentle days.